Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. We are going to have a wonderful time together as we look at the Word of God. Today we're going to be talking about be encouraged, but God brought them through. But I want to start in the book of James, chapter 5, verses 7 to 11. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know all about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Well, some of you are at home, some of you are self-isolating, some of you are quarantined, some of you are sitting around with your family, probably a few of you have a few friends together. But you know, this week I must have seen a hundred memes. <laughs> and my favorite one was Christ over viruses and infectious diseases, Joshua 1.9, which talks about being strong and courageous and not being discouraged in light of what we see around us. And how many of you know that we're living in the end of the last days? It's the last days, man. I mean, all kinds of stuff is happening all over, all around us. And all of the signs that the Bible's been talking about with nations rising up against nation. And I want to pick up in Jesus talking about the end of the age in Luke chapter 21, verse 11. He says, there will be great earthquakes and there will be famines and plagues in many lands. And we're seeing right now in some places they have massive swarms of locusts that are cleaning out crops like nothing. Biblical proportions, they're saying. And there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. So these are just signs of the times. When we see these things happening, we know that we're getting closer to that day when the Lord's going to return and take us home to be with him forever. As I look out and talk to people, there's more whys than I could even begin to try to answer right now. And there's probably more whys that I can't even begin to answer because I just don't know. But you know, today I'm hoping that we together can look to the one who has the answers. We want to sink him. Think about this. In the last two weeks, essentially God has taken out the idols of sports, the idols of entertainment, and the idols of money. Three things that people worship in his place. And I don't know, I read in my Bible something about I will have no other gods before me. So when people's idols are down, that's the time that you can share the message of hope with them. That's the best time to share the message of hope with them because when their idols are down, they're open to receive the message that Jesus has for them. Now that said, there is something that's been around a very long time that is much more deadly than this COVID-19. It's been around for ages. It's called sin. 
And sin is something that really separates mankind from God in his presence. And the truth is, all of us have broken God's law and all of us have sinned. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And none of us are good enough and the penalty for sin really is death and separation from our Creator. And some of you might have tuned in today, or maybe you're sitting with some friends who are watching this going, what's this all about? Well, the truth is, all of us have broken God's law and all of us are sinners. And God's calling men and women everywhere to repent of their sin and put their faith in Jesus, who died on a cross for the sins of mankind. And when Jesus died on the cross, his blood was poured out, and when his blood was spilled, guess what? His blood purchased your forgiveness and your freedom from sin. And when you have faith in what Jesus did for you as a sacrifice, you can be born again, you can be saved, you can know God, and you can be put in his family. He'll give you a new heart, he'll give you a new start, and you know what? He'll give you eternal life. These things are good. We all need to receive forgiveness of sins. So I would like to pray for everyone today on that matter of salvation, but also in light of what's going on. So let's just take a moment and bow our heads and lift your hands to heaven. Father, I thank you today for each and every person that's listening to this message. And I pray that hope is gonna come forth through the words that are spoken, that your anointing is present and it's gonna minister to every heart. Lord, for those that don't know you today, I ask that you're gonna reveal yourself to them. They're gonna understand their great need for you, Jesus, so that they too can receive forgiveness of sins and healing from the pains of this world system that we live in. Father, I thank you for safety for every man, woman, and child that's listening today, that you keep us safe because you are our refuge. Lord, I thank you that we can be healthy and whole because we have a covenant with you and that no plague will come near our dwelling. And we can stand firm on the fact that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. So we rebuke sickness and disease from our lives and our families now in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you for wisdom that we know how to navigate through these times that are really unprecedented in a lot of ways. And people don't know which way to turn. And Father, the truth is we're gonna follow you wherever you want us to go. So give us all the wisdom we need and the understanding. Lord, I thank you that people are concerned about provision for their needs. But my Bible tells me that if we put you first and seek your kingdom, you will provide the food, the clothing, and the shelter that we need. And Lord, ultimately, all of us need to receive your peace today. And it doesn't matter what we're facing or what we're looking at, that we can stand peaceful, confident, assured in you, knowing that you're still in control and you got this. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're talking again about being encouraged. God's gonna bring you through. He brought them through in past and he'll bring you through today. James chapter one, verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love them. Him. You know, we're all gonna have to go through some patient endurance and we're all gonna go through some testing in life and some of you are walking through testing right now. And I feel like this is the greatest opportunity that we have as a people, as a body of believers to shine forth the light that God has placed within us. This is a great opportunity for us to be kind, 
to be generous, to be compassionate. And when you see people that are upset and anxious and afraid, we can bring peace into the heart of every situation. So speak some encouraging words. Call some friends on the phone. Call some family on the phone and bring life to people everywhere. That said, have you ever wondered how Ruth felt when she left the land of her fathers with Naomi as widows and they went back to the nation of Israel? Or how about, have you ever wondered how David felt as he walked across the field to face Goliath? Have you ever wondered how Daniel felt when he was not only exiled, but when he went and dropped himself, he got dropped into a den of lions? Have you ever wondered about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Not only were they exiled, but they were thrown into a fire that was so hot that the people that threw him in got consumed. Have you ever wondered how Job felt when he went through his trials where he lost everything dear to him in one day? I guess if you really want to hear how Job felt, you could read the book of Job. Uh, that said, what about the disciples on the boat in the storm? How do you think that they felt? I mean, they were so afraid they went and woke up Jesus, we're going to die. And Jesus was like, oh, ye of little faith. And then he rebuked the storm. You know, John the Baptist, how do you think he felt when he was in prison about to lose his head? How about Paul? Wherever he went, they rioted and they beat him. And on many occasions, they left him for dead. What are you walking through today? What are you facing? Are you facing some anxiety, some fear, some stress? Are you angry? Are you, are you looking at pain? Are you going through loss? Have you been betrayed? Is sickness in your family? Are you lonely? Are you really struggling with your mind to keep your thoughts straight. I'm not sure what it is that you're walking through or the people that you love are walking through. But hopefully, by the end of today's message, we can have some hope that we can go through this together. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. You know, it seems that as we progress further down this road that more and more signs of the times are appearing. There's earthquakes, there's famines, there's pestilence, there's plagues, there's wars and rumors of wars, there's nations coming against nation. These are all the signs that we're supposed to start looking up because we know that God's gonna return to set up his kingdom. But he doesn't deny the fact that there's gonna be some difficult days. And you know what? The truth is, some of you might be walking through some difficult days, but it's going to be okay. For people, it says in verse 2, will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God and disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And you know, I believe that in this day and hour that we live, some of the very things that we used to look to in the name of religion are being shaken. You know, we've always known that the church isn't about the four walls, 
But now we're really learning that the church isn't about the four walls because the truth is the church is you. The church is within you. And wherever you are, wherever you are gathered, the church of Jesus Christ is present. And as we go forth in the culture, we have to remember that we have a mandate and a mission from God to take the message of hope about Jesus that he's given us that other people too could get to know the message of hope. They could get to hear the gospel of the kingdom. They can get to hear that they can repent of their sins and find forgiveness and gain eternal life and become in relationship with the creator. So we are the church. We can't forget that. And the truth is the Bible goes on and it talks about in other places it says, hey, you know, you're the seasoning of life for the world. And it compares us to salt. And if the salt loses its flavor, what good is it? And the truth is if the church is not impacting society and culture, then what good are we? If we only sit within our four wheels, four walls, so that we can all feel good about ourselves and we can all be happy, that's great. But the truth is, there's a lost and dying world that really needs the message that we have right now, maybe more than ever. In Psalm 62, verse eight, oh my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him for God is our refuge. We can put our trust in the Lord who delivers his people. We can put our trust in the Lord. You and I can put our trust in him. Why? He's going to deliver us. Think back, Israel. They went into Egypt under Joseph. He was kind of really well known then and pretty powerful. But over time, another Pharaoh came up and he forgot about Joseph. And he thought that the Israelite people would be good for him to build their cities. <laughs> and he made them slaves. For 430 years, they lived in slavery. But God heard their cries and he rose up Moses and Moses went forth, and in the name of the Lord, he delivered God's people because God wanted his people free, and he didn't want them to stay in slavery. He didn't want them to stay in captivity. And we see that in history, God consistently delivers his people when they cry out to him. And right now, there's some that have all their trust in the government, the Board of Health and the medical professionals who need our prayer and our support right now. And I will listen and I will obey them and assist them wherever I can. But my hope is not in the system or the establishment. My hope is in the Lord who breathed the universe into existence. And all of my hope and all of my sufficiency and all that I need will come from him, no matter what this road may lead us to. Then I think about it. What's the worst possible thing that could happen to you as a Christian? I mean... What, you die and you get to go home to be with Jesus? That's not so bad. We get to go to a better place. We live, well maybe God's not done with us yet. Maybe there's some other people that we can influence towards the light and towards the life. You might go through some suffering. Well, hey, everywhere I read, when I see suffering from the saints, I see the glory of God is being revealed. So let's look to him. And if we have to walk through some stuff, then let's walk through some stuff together. But let's keep our attitude and our mind in Christ so that we can be encouraged and not discouraged, right? Let's be strong and courageous and let's not be dismayed or let's not be discouraged by what we see happening around us. Because you got to remember at the end of the day, as much as I like to joke about it, sports teams and entertainment and money are not things that are going to save us. 
Those things are here today and gone tomorrow, just like everything else, but the word of the Lord will be eternal, and if we build our life on that, we will stand firm. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, rejoice in our confident hope and be patient in trouble and keep on praying. We have hope. Where many others have no hope, we have hope. We have hope that we, you know, we have hope that we can be with Jesus. We have hope that he's gonna see us through. We have hope that he's gonna deliver us. We have hope that he's gonna provide for us. We have hope that no plague will come near our household and that no sickness will be in our dwelling. We have hope because we know God. What was your life like before you knew hope? Have you ever been hopeless? Can you imagine how afraid people are when they don't have hope? So if you have hope and if you have good news and if you have truth about Christ, why would we not take that message out and share it with others? Why would we not take the message of hope and give it to other people who have such a great need of hope right now? And then we learn that we need to be patient in trouble. Be patient, this will fade. You know, I was reading an article put out by uh, parents as first educators the other day, and uh, the author was uh, Queenie Yu. And she says, I'm gonna quote her here. She said, as challenging as the current situation may be, it will not last forever. Everything happens for a reason and good comes out of everything. Sounds like she's been reading her Bible and she understands that as Christians, God will begin to work things out inside of our life for his good purposes. And even though we don't know the end from the beginning, we have to trust that he does. She goes on and says, instead of worrying about the unknown and the uncontrollable, we can encourage our family and friends to take advantage of this time to stop and reflect on what's most important on what's most important. And you know what, if you're reflecting properly, you're gonna realize that the word of God is most important and your relationship with him is most important. We reevaluate our priorities. I'm back to Queen of you. We can help others in creative ways and develop a new skill. And then from Romans 12, it goes on and it says, keep praying. I've never seen anywhere in the word of God where it talks about we put our relationship with God on hold and we stop talking to him when we go through a storm or we go through a hard time in life. In fact, most of the time I see that when people go through a storm or when people go through a hard time, that's when they cry out to God the most. And that's actually kind of tragic in a lot of ways because if you wait till you're in trouble to cry out to God, you're in trouble. The truth is, if you were listening to him every day, you wouldn't find yourself maybe where you are. But we need to pray, we need to cry out to God. Uh, you know, there's people all over our community right now that at 7.14 a.m. and at 7.14 p.m. they're getting together and they're praying Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people will humble themselves and pray. Why, because we want God to heal our land. So corporately, we're joining together with the community of believers and we're praying that God is gonna heal our land. And the truth is, that's a prayer of repentance because we, the church, have to repent for our apathy. We, the church, have to repent for our carelessness towards the world system. We have to repent for prayerlessness. We have to repent for many things in the church. I'm not even talking about the stuff that the culture has to repent of, the fornications and the whoredoms and the adultery and all the other things that are going on out there that are not glorifying God, but that are creating pain and suffering. It's no secret. Um, I 
enjoy uh, reading a lot of books, and one of my favorite books outside of the Bible is a book called Lord of the Rings. And there's a character in the Lord of the Rings, his name is Thayan, and he's the king of Rohan. And there comes a season in the story, there's a point in the story where he is under the sway of evil. And darkness has a hold of his mind, and it's preventing him from rising up and being the man that he is supposed to be. And it's interesting because an instrument of light comes in and shows him the path back to light. And as he's walking towards the light, as he's walking out of the darkness and coming free from the hold of darkness on his life, he's commenting and he's, he's making comments like, you know, it's horrible the day and hour that I live in because really things are messed up when the old live on and the young are going home too soon. And he's saying, it's horrible when, you know, I, I work so hard for peace in the days of my youth. Why can't I just enjoy life now that I'm old? Er. Why can't I just enjoy the freedom that we purchased? And there's so many people, I think, in the church that are, hey, I've conquered sin and I came out of the world system and I volunteered every Sunday for 10 years. But now's the time. This is our greatest hour. This is our time to shine. This is our time when we're going to accomplish the most. This is the time when we're going to shine forth the brightest. This is the time when God's going to be glorified. It's not the time to sit back and coast and let things happen. There's a great evil all around us. Why don't we rise up and become light? And I love it because at the end, he rallied his men. He rallied his people so that they could conquer darkness. And you know, I admire that in him, that he rallied people to the light. But we as Christians, we need to rally people to the light, the light of Jesus that gives hope, the light that lights our life, the armor of light that we're supposed to wear. There's so much imagery in the Bible about light and darkness. If we're people of light, then we need to rally people to light. We don't want to propagate the deeds of darkness with gossip. We don't want to be tearing other people down right now. We want to be building up. We want to be encouraging in the kingdom and praying for one another. And at the beginning, when I was talking about have you ever wondered, there's one I left out because have you ever wondered what Esther thought when she had to enter into the presence of King knowing that her life would be forfeit if he didn't extend the scepter? Really, it was illegal and she should have died. And in Esther chapter 4, verse 13, Mordecai, her uncle, sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. And if you've read the story of Esther, you know that Haman was trying to plot against the Jewish people because he wanted them eradicated. You know, there's still Hamans around today. I, I, anyways, they want to kill the Jews. They want to kill the Christians. But it's funny because Mordecai goes on and says to Esther, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. He had an understanding that even if the one that was chosen to take the message to the king didn't, 
God would raise up someone who would bring deliverance to his people. And I have a lot of confidence today in you, Windsor Christian Fellowship. I have a lot of confidence in you today, friends, that when the call of God is coming to you today and the message is coming to you today and he's challenging you to rise up today, when he's challenging you to become today, it's not gonna go somewhere else because you're gonna be faithful to those things that God has entrusted to your hand today. Relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and my maids and I will do the same. And then, though it's against the law, I will go in to see the king, and if I must die, I must die. You know, I think Esther had the right perspective because she realized that this life is temporary and that there was a greater purpose for her life, the deliverance of her people. And God took that plan that the enemy Haman had and he turned it around and he got hung on, the own, on, the own gallows, on his own gallows that he built to hang the Jews. But now let's go back to the beginning because you know what? I think that Ruth had some confident hope in God and he even provided a great husband for her, Boaz, who we see a little bit later, found themselves in the lineage of Christ as they were the, the forefathers of David, the king. And oh yeah, remember David when he was walking out to Goliath? I don't think there was any fear in him at all. I think he was just irritated that this silly uncircumcised Philistine would dare to challenge his God and he went with hope and confidence knowing that God was going to deliver him. When I look at Daniel, Daniel had a lot of faith in God and he prayed faithfully three times a day but you know what? Daniel was delivered from the lion's den and I'm confident he was not afraid at all. Even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow to the idols of the day that they were told, if you don't bow, we're gonna kill you. And they were like, then that's okay, let us die. God himself showed up and walked through the fire with them. What fire are you about to get thrown into? And you know what, are you trusting that God's gonna show up and walk through with you today? That leads me to this. The conclusion of the matter, you need to rise up and you need to tell yourself, I was made for this moment. I am alive for such a time as this. It is my time to shine. I want to be an instrument of healing. I want to be an instrument of light. God has put me here today for this purpose and it's for today that I was created. I don't need to live in any other time in history. God put me here for now so that I could go forth in his name, confident and strong, so that we can do great exploits in his name, so that we can be a people of faith and a people of hope and a people of love with great joy and great peace all around us at all times. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, for you are all children of light and of day. We don't belong to darkness and night, so be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. This is a time to be clear-headed more than ever. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us, 
Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up. I want to encourage all of you in a moment, we're going to take communion together. So if you're at home and you need to go prepare some elements quickly, you can grab some bread or some juice. I'm going to allow you a moment to do that. But you know, encouraging one another and building each other up. We're in a day and an hour where there's a lot of information out there. I know some people are spending a lot of time on the internet reading this article and reading that article and you don't know if it's real or if it's fake or how accurate it is or not accurate. The truth is, if you're spending time in the Word of God, you're gonna have some discernment because we know truth. And the Word of God is gonna bear witness on the truth inside of our lives. And it's really important that as we immerse ourselves in faith right now and not get caught up into fear, it's important that we encourage one another and not tear each other down. It's important that we build each other up and not discourage one another. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of pastors. And right now, talking to some of my friends, you can't win for losing. There's people that are upset that the churches are shut down and we don't have people here. There's people that think, well, why wouldn't you do that? If you love people, you wouldn't want to spread diseases. There's people that have something to say on every side of the conversation. The truth is, what is God calling you to do today? What is he calling us to do? We're gonna listen and we're gonna do the things that we believe he's told us to do. We're gonna work within the structures and the system and we're gonna try to comply as much as we can with what the government's asked us to do. They've asked us not to have mass assemblies. Why? They don't want us to propagate spreading this thing. No problem, we can do that. Why? Because we have the ability to stream the message of hope to you and we will continue to do so. And I think you saw Anthony and Amy at the beginning put out a video. There's gonna be other videos that our team are putting out to encourage you. So stay connected through our website. We'll do the best we can to get them posted. Stay connected through our Facebook page. We'll do our best to get you connected. So hopefully you've had enough time to prepare your elements by now. As we come to the table today, the bread which represents the broken body of Christ and it's a symbol of his brokenness and his body and the truth is I was talking about sin earlier today and all men have fallen under the sway of sin but there's one exception to that and that was Jesus he lived a sinless life and therefore because he lived a sinless life he was qualified to be a sacrifice for the sins of mankind once and for all so Father, we have hope in the sacrifice of Jesus and in his broken body that you made a way for us to be whole. So I speak peace to every mind that is struggling right now. I speak calm to the fear. I speak life and hope to those that are anxious and afraid. Father, let your love come into everyone's life today. And as we celebrate our covenant meal with you, we're gonna to continue to break bread together in remembrance of what you've done for us today. Because Jesus, you are the way maker. Amen. And he took the cup on the night he was betrayed, which represents his blood that was spilled for us. It's not so important what you have in the cup right now. What's important is what it represents.
It represents our freedom and our forgiveness. And you know, earlier we were talking about how Israel came out of bondage in Egypt, and the very last thing that happened was they had to put blood on the doorposts. And when the angel of death passed over, if the blood was on the doorpost, the people inside would live. The firstborn especially would live. And you know, the same is kind of true because one day we're all gonna stand in judgment before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and if the blood of Christ is not applied to your life, that's gonna be a really awkward conversation for you. But for those of us that have the blood of Jesus on our life, because we've acknowledged our sin and repented and come to him, we're gonna enter into joy unspeakable. So Father, I thank you for the cup that Jesus was willing to pour out his blood for us. He sacrificed himself so that we could live. So today, Father, I thank you that you made a way for us to be restored to wholeness, that we can receive forgiveness as we've granted it to others. And right now, Lord, I thank you that you're repairing and restoring people from the damage of sin. You're healing our hearts so that we could love others today as you love others, in Jesus' name. So don't tune me out yet, there's a couple more things. The first thing I'd like to do is take up our tithes and offerings and that is a little bit more difficult when everyone's not in the room, but we do have the donate now button or the give now button. This is a time I wanna encourage you when everybody's kind of turtling and some of you are looking around going, I don't even know how my next paycheck's gonna come. I know I was talking to my daughter and she lost quite a few hours at work at her place of employment because you know people are unsure and places are closing and people aren't working. But we are getting some income and we need to make sure that we put God first with the income that we get and we're gonna trust him that with the little, he's gonna multiply it to meet all of our needs so that there will be no lack and that all of our sufficiency will be in him. So I wanna encourage all of you, continue to participate, continue to support the ongoing work of the ministry so we can take this message of hope and get it out there to all of you. Thank you all for your faithfulness in this area. And Father, I thank you for the great opportunity we have to sow. Lord, we're sowing in faith and we're sowing, Lord, sometimes with just a little, but I thank you that you give seed to the sower and you're the way maker for all of us and that all of our financial needs are met in you. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And my final thought for all of you today, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it says, now may our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope, comfort and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. Father, I thank you that your comfort and your strength in every good thing are present in our lives and that everything that we say will give you glory, will give you honor, and will give you praise. We thank you, Jesus, that you're gonna be lifted up and that we will be stronger as we come through this together in the name of Jesus, amen. So be encouraged, everyone. God will bring you through. We'll see you next time.